Welcome to Live, Love, Laugh with Asia Frazier, brought to you by Reach For It. Hi, welcome to Live, Love, Laugh. I'm your host, Asia Frazier, and today we're going to reach deeper into the lovely, beautiful actor and spring theater founder, Erin Dirt. Today's podcast is brought to you by Reach For It, where persistence is key. So we're just going to jump right into it. How are you living today? That just means how are you feeling? I love that. How are you living? What a beautiful, beautiful thing. I'm living great. I uh, have a good, good uh, jump in my spirit today and everything's going well. <laughs> that is amazing. Okay. And the next question is, who or what are you loving? And this could be right now or in general. Oh, man, these are the best interview questions I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, well, um, I am, uh, what am I, what am I loving? I'm loving life. Um, I am actually genuinely appreciating kind of what the pandemic has done for me as an artist, just because it's pushed me outside of my comfort zone. And I, today especially, I'm just really kind of loving the, the way that it's done that. Um, I was in a groove, I would say, for a long time in my life. Not a rut, <laughs> but kind of a groove where I would just do a lot of things the same um, just because it was what I was used to. And then when the pandemic hit, um, it really forced me out of that groove. And now I feel like truly the sky is the limit. And um, I'm, I'm loving that today. I love that. Can I just say it's so positive. I love it. I love it. Okay. And what has made you smile? Well, you've made me smile. <laughs> <laughs> I try, I try. <laughs> okay, so now getting to a little deeper questions. When did you, when did your love for creating start? So I would say, um, and this sounds silly, but when I was three, I remember a very specific moment where my grandparents took me to a show. They took me to see this ballet of the 12 Dancing Princesses. And oh, wow. yeah, we sat in the front row and it was awesome because um, I remember the dancing and I remember everything was just kind of magical on stage. I didn't quite even understand that they were not in a movie. It felt like a real movie to me at the time because I didn't really even understand what theater was at that age. And then during the curtain call, one of the actresses like made eye contact with me in the front row and blew me a kiss. No way. <laughs> and my mind was just like, and I left the theater with my grandmother and I told her on the way out, she says, I don't remember this part. And I told her, I said, mom, mom I'm going to have a theater company someday. <laughs> no. So I think that was the moment. <laughs> I love that. Just because being as a child and like seeing that and that just being like that positive energy, just being like reverted back to you. She's like, blowing you a kiss. Like, yeah, like it's you. You're the special one. You know? And now as a performer, I'm always trying to make eye contact with people in the audience. Cause like, whether it's inspiring to them in some way, or maybe they just needed to feel like they were seen that day or whatever it might be. Like, I think that that's just such an important thing. That is. Wow. I love your thought process. I love it. Okay. Where did your idea for the spring theater stem from? Well, um, I always, since I was three, really wanted to have a theater company. And when I moved back to North Carolina um, and Winston-Salem, where is where Spring Theater generated, I was kind of looking around um, to see needs. And one of the biggest things that I noticed was the youth here, the kids had opportunities, but they weren't starring opportunities, really, unless they were just kind of in um, in classes and stuff like that. 
So the first thing I decided to do was a junior production um, that was just all kids. And we did um, Disney's Mulan Junior nine years ago. And it was so neat because I realized at that time that spring was just destined to be youth inspired because I love seeing the opportunities for kids to grow. And no matter if they become an actor or an actress in their life, or if they just do anything really with their life, it always helps with confidence. It helps with public speaking. It helps with the way that they feel about themselves and their self image. And so, um, I really wanted to focus on that. And we have adults in our productions as well, but I think I just really wanted to start something that was that had youth at its core, which was cool. And spring doesn't mean the season. Spring means like springing to the next level of yourself. So if you come, oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you come to a spring theater show, um, you know, hopefully you'll spring to your next level of knowledge. If you're in a spring theater show, no matter what level you are, if you're a beginner or if you're an advanced performer, you'll hopefully spring to that next level of understanding and acting and stuff like that. Well, thank you so much for like <laughs> explaining that to me because I was thinking, oh, like spring because like I'm starting with something new and things are blossoming, you know, things are brighter. But I like your concept so much better. <laughs> I love that. And I love how you're putting the youth out there because here in Winston, you know, things are really slow out here. It's more for retired people, you know, just really to settle down. But you're really like putting the thought process out there, especially public speaking, because that is so important right now. That's class, especially when you get to college, you know, you have to have those classes. You have to know how to speak in front of people or you're not going to really get anywhere. You have to learn how to talk. And, and even nowadays, just having your voice heard, you know, if you can, if you can speak well and you have a good idea, I think that's next generation, man. I, there's change coming. There just is. Like you have to be blind to not know that. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that uh, is messed up right now. There's a lot of things that are coming out of this um, year in in an extremely good way because people are talking now that haven't talked in their whole life. And if they have this background of being comfortable speaking, then whatever thoughts they have in their head can really like make a difference. I think, which is really cool. Most definitely, most definitely. I love, thank you so much for that, for starting all of this. I, I love it. I love it. Okay, where do you see your theater in five years from now? Well, we're really hoping to, of course, the pandemic's changed things in a, in a, in a good way, though. Um, I'd say two things. Um, we are definitely looking to have our own space um, so we can really hunker down on um, having just even just the little things like having our lighting always set up the way like we like it and having a scene shop right there, the way that we can just utilize everything in our costume shop in one place, you know, um, when you don't own your own space, there's so much that goes into a production that when it's not all there, it just takes so much more time. Um, so we definitely want to have our own space. And the other big thing that's come out of this year is we want to be more global. So we actually, yeah, we did a um, digital project at the beginning of our season. On March 17th, we were supposed to start rehearsals for Children of Eden. Of course, that wasn't going to happen. And um, Dan, my artistic director, and I sat down and we were like, what are we going to do? And we we're like, let's do a digital performance project and we'll invite the cast and then we'll invite anybody who else wants to come. And so we put it out there just thinking we'd get 25, 30 people, which is about what we usually get in our um casts uh locally and we pretty much ended up cutting it off at 100 people <laughs> oh, wow. 
And they were from Winston-Salem. They were from other places in North Carolina. They were from other places in the country. And we even had people in Australia. We had people in England. And it really became this global project. And we, we literally ended up writing roles for 100 people and um, putting them in this two and a half hour feature film, which you can watch. <laughs> yes, that is so exciting, first of all. That is great. Like, I, I love that. I love that. Okay. So what were some challenges starting up the business? Oh, well, um, I would say word of mouth um, was really helpful because when you're starting a business, marketing is always something that I think is challenging um, just to get your name out there, get people to know what you are and what you're about. Um, so, you know, getting that first production going nine years ago was kind of like um, – asking personally, you know, hey, would you like to come and do this show? Do you know anybody else who would like to come and be in it? And then once we had the cast, um, hey, tell every friend you know to come to see the show and things like that. Um, but what's cool is because I because I think also the being different helps a lot with putting youth at the focus. Um, once we kind of got that, that going, we were able to really help with the word of mouth and get people in. But I would say that was, that was a big challenge at the beginning. Um, and also like the funding, um, as you're getting started, yeah. your dreams are always 10 times bigger than your means. <laughs> so and that was uh, that was a huge un um, undertaking. I actually uh, I joke about this now, but like that production, I was the director, the choreographer, the music director, the program designer, the marketing director. Like I did everything because like I didn't have money for a staff. So I was like, I'll just do it all. <laughs> oh, well, hey, that work paid off. I'm telling you, I'm so I'm so glad you're doing this. Let me tell you. Um, also, so I was reading and I heard that you did some acting yourself. So how do you balance doing traveling and acting along with the theater? Um, actually, it's nowadays it's even easier. Thanks, COVID. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been a touring performer uh, actually my whole life. Um, I have a company called First and Flight Entertainment and we book um, one of our biggest shows is Letters from Home. And it's basically like 1940s USO inspired singing, tap dancing. Um, and last year, um, no, not last year. Yes. Last year, 2019, um, we did over 200 performances of the show um, in all all sorts of places. We did it all over the country. We performed at the 75th anniversary of D-Day in Normandy, France, um, on June 6th, which was really special. So it was really fun, and um, and then we made sure we were in town for the productions that we directed and choreographed, and um, really set aside time to be there for that. But the day-to-day -day management of it, it's kind of just like um, it's kind of just like any job. You get on the computer, you you do it. Um, <laughs> you know, I I don't sleep a lot, which helps. <laughs> oh, oh man, I know it's catching up with me. It's catching up. <laughs> Okay, so I'm so glad that you brought up Letters from Home. I want to know what inspired Letters from Home, what really just brought up the concept. Yeah, that was my dad. He was a veteran of the U.S. Coast Guard, um, my best friend. We did theater together since I was real little. Um, he was always backstage, and I'd be either be on stage or helping backstage or whatever. It didn't matter. We were always doing theater together. And um, Sunday night dinner, we were sitting down. He was like trying to help me come up with ideas for new shows because 
Um, I had just started this like kind of touring theater company and was trying to get into places like retirement homes that don't get a lot of entertainment and stuff like that. And he was like, you've got to do a show for veterans. And then he took me in a living room and he had this record player and he was just like, oh, listen to this one. And like literally putting the records on and seeing the memories flood back to him of when he was in the service and when his, um, you know, when his parents were growing up during World War II, his dad wasn't a veteran, but um, just that whole time was such a, it was such a different time. Um, And I think that having that and my love for singing and tap dancing kind of hit at the same time, just like really created this beautiful touring thing. We've done, uh, I've done over 900 shows of Letters from Home in the last 10 years, which is crazy to think about. (laughs) Yeah, it's morphed throughout time. It started out as a three-part Andrews Sisters group, and now it's me and Dan Beckman, and we do um, a lot more of like Nicholas Brothers, and we do stuff from Vietnam, and we tap dance to Steppenwolf and talk about the Vietnam War and stuff like that. So it's it's really cool. I love that. That brings in history. You have like, I love the different cultures coming in. Oh my goodness. And one of the most important things now is like, we're trying to make sure that people differentiate politics and patriotism. And um, we've actually changed our tagline from reviving patriotism because that can have a very negative connotation to uniting the nation. Because I think the biggest part of what we're trying to get across to everyone right now is like, whether you are, Republican or Democrat or whether you are an immigrant or have lived here your whole life, like we're all we're all in this together. And I think the best part about living in America is that we're allowed to have different opinions. You know, we can sit down and we can have completely different political views and we can still have dinner together. And uh, I think that's pretty cool. So, yes. I love you so much. Okay. So how did Letters from Home impact your life? Oh, man. Like, you can't really put yourself in someone's shoes until you've, like, really, like, kind of heard their stories, you know? And I think one of the neatest things is, like, again, going back to this politics versus patriotism thing, when you sit down and you listen to, like, the stories of the veterans – you hear one side. When you listen to the stories of the veterans' families, you hear a completely other side. And then when you hear the stories of family members and opposition to them being in the military, and you just kind of get this entire scope of what they've been through, it's completely life-changing because, you know, I've never been in the military. I've, I've been home and happy and privileged my whole life, you know? And when you, like really sit down and you think about people that have gone out and just like, as they say, signed a blank check to the United States of America. Like <laughs> they, do, they, 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 they kind of um, sign up for this thing that's a little bit bigger than themselves and put themselves out there. Um, whether it was, you know, to get through college or whether it was for a job or whether it was because they felt like they had a higher purpose, whatever that reason, it's so neat to hear the individual stories of what they've been through. And, I would say letters from home in particular with the world war two veterans has impacted me because that was a time I don't think any of us will ever be able to understand because we were, gosh, I mean, the world was like literally under attack and it was very clear at the time, you know, that's bad. Let's go fight that. 
<laughs> and these heroes just stepped up and like defeated the bad in the world. Um, and I have so much respect for that because it's hard now. Now we don't know what side is right. Like now there's just, I have friends that I don't agree with and um, there's just so much, there's so much difference. And I think it's just because it's, it's confusing. But back then it was pretty much like, pretty easy to see the right and the wrong. And uh, I think that those those boys that stepped up when they were like 16 to 18 and they like went onto these beaches and like fought the evil. I, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Exactly. So, um, just, just making them feel remembered in their twilight um, and seeing those memories come back. And it's not even just the veterans. Actually, it's sometimes I'll see a couple like hear a song that they haven't heard since they were in the twenties and like their eyes will lock and they'll hold hands and they'll be like, I can't believe you brought that memory back. And that's the, that's the most special. That is super sweet. And I also want to know how do you want to influence your community? Community is my favorite word in the whole wide world. <laughs> I think that the most important thing that I hope to do, um, with my life is just make people see the greatness that's inside them. Um, and that's why it's so important to me to get theater in kids because it's gonna help them in all aspects of their life. Um, it's important to do work that makes you think. Um, and I think it's just important to make people realize that they are important. Like it sounds, it sounds cheesy, but everybody really is important because there's no two people that are the same, which is amazing, by the way. <laughs> so I hope that uh, in my artistic work, I hope that we can just show people the greatness that they have inside them that we probably already see. You know, I think it's easier to see greatness in other people than it is to see it in yourself. So, so you told me that COVID has really helped a lot. I've heard of like a lot of like positive things, which I love. How has it affected your lifestyle and your business at the same time? Is it both super positive progressing or is there some times you're like, ah, I want to get outside. I, I want to see more people. Well, I'm an extrovert and a hugger, so it hurts some days. <laughs> but, um, and it's changed my life completely. You know, um, before COVID, um, my partner, Dan, and I were completely nomadic. Like we actually had, I had given up my apartment in Chicago. He had given up his apartment in New York and we were traveling so much. We were always on the road. We were in hotels or we were staying at friends' houses or we were just go, go, going. And March hit and we ended up living in an Airbnb for six months. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, um, it's been a it's been a different time. I sure sure do wish we could get back to full houses and hugging and people not staying six feet apart on stage. Um, but I do I do believe that everything happens for a reason, and I um, I hate that I hate that there has been so much devastation this year. But I also see that it has definitely opened people's uh, minds and hearts a little bit through all of this. Um, I think people are a little more empathetic. Um, I think they're a little less quick to think that they're right, right away, which is nice. Um, and, uh, I think that it's, it's been a very unifying time to see all of us, um, have the same fears every day 
and have the same, like, this is the first, can you like, it, I can't think of another time or another situation where we and people in England and people in Africa and people in Australia, I mean, we're all going through this in our own ways and it's, it's kind of uniting in a way. So I'm not discounting the, the real pain and the real loss that's happened in any way, because I, I of course feel that every day, but I do think that there's something good that's going to come out of all this. Right. I like that. And I like how you use the word united. So who have you been united with since COVID has hit? Who has been your rock during this quarantine time? Oh, my individual rock's definitely been uh, my partner, Dan Beckman. He's, um, we've, we directed the movie together and we, (laughs) we've talked through all of this together and we've gone through losses and gains together and we've definitely adapted um, (laughs) life together. And uh, it's been amazing. I feel like we, I, I was just actually last night telling him like, I'm so grateful to have been quarantined with someone artistic, <laughs> someone who I perform with, which is nice. We've been able to do digital shows together, which has been great. Um, and also like someone who just cares about helping others as much as I do. And that's, I think the rock of it all is, you know, we can't, we gotta, we gotta put our own oxygen masks on first. I always say that to anybody who's struggling, like, please take care of yourself first. But right, once right. you're taking care of if you're doing okay, I think it's kind of our responsibility as humans to help our fellow humans out, especially this year. Well, I just want to thank you so much. This interview has been amazing. You're an amazing person. Thank you so much for being such a huge inspiration for everyone, all youth, all ages. I, I really do appreciate it. I do. I appreciate you. You have a, you're awesome. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you for coming in to Live, Love, Laugh. Again, I'm your host, Asia Frazier, and this is Erin Dirk. Until next time, is that it?